And here we go, episode 67 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Sam, how are we doing this week? Great, man. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. My team is 5-3, and three, so I got nothing to complain about. Great win. Great win this last week. Uh, Raiders showed a lot of heart, and your fantasy team is playing out of its mind. I know. And just bumped up to 7-2. and two. I Still got like sole possession in first place. Our roles have switched since last year because last year my fantasy team just dominated the league and um the Niners obviously you, we already know what they did mm-hmm. and now I can't do anything and the Niners can't do anything <laughs> we've totally totally switched place <laughs> but I'm fine with it I'm fine with it I'm, I'm not I got can no you, complaints can you let me have my shine back please no <laughs> I'm enjoying the limelight <laughs> I am enjoying the limelight, so why don't you just you just take a back seat and, and pipe down there? So I was I was just making my lineup uh, a little like right before we started, and yeah. I have just so many question marks on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, should I go with DeAndre Swift or Antonio Gibson? Well, either of them could go for like four points, and right. realistically, no one's going for twenty points. So this is just an awful feeling, and. I could go with Devontae Parker and injured Debo Samuel. But either way, their ceilings are so capped, it's like capped at 15 because they won't let Tua throw the ball down the field. So I'm playing against um, I'm playing against Dylan. Yeah. And who I don't know, for those he's of you who uh, uh, are listening. Yeah, he's, Bra- he's one of Bryson's brothers, but yeah. So he has three Chiefs players. One of them happens to be Travis Kelsey. And they're on bye. The Chiefs, okay. are on a bu- the Chiefs are on a bye. He has Ezekiel Elliott. The t- Cowboys are on a bye. Nice. And then Duke Johnson, his other running back, is questionable. <laughs> so Wait, he is Duke Johnson? Yeah. Wait, what? The Texans guy. Or David Johnson. Yeah. David Johnson, I'm sorry. Not yeah, Duke. Yeah, 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 sorry. Because I was like, I'm trying to pick up Duke Johnson. Yeah. So I'm I'm feeling okay. <laughs> you can take a breath of fresh air, man. And he, his team only scored seventy points uh, last week, and they were all healthy. Yeah, yeah. And Dalvin Cook is like almost scoring seventy on his own. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm it's been great. Get out for Jason this year. It's just it's just been great. It's just oh, been great. Yeah. I missed the playoffs by one point last year. And, so. Oh my gosh. I think we've gotten into this on the podcast before, but because you missed the playoffs, the guy that got in ended up winning. Yeah. So and he stole the championship from you. So basically you lost because of me. Basically. Is it yeah. is it it could it go any other way? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Speaking of losing because of me, you lost in picks Did this I week. Really? It is three to two. So I had the Packers over uh, so the Niners. Just the Niners pick. No, it was, well. I mean, yeah. I guess, but I had the Giants over Washington, oh. and then I also had the Raiders over the Chargers. Oh, I picked the Chargers. You did pick the Chargers. Yeah, that might have been like just spur of the moment because Brendan was sitting next to me. I was getting that Charger aroma, you know. That you had the you had the Vikings over the Lions, and then the Saints over the Bucks, and then Brendan only had one pick, so he's never picking again. He only got one right. He only got one right. 
I'll tell him. I'll, I'll let him know. He was he was like, oh yeah, let me know how I did in the picks. I'll tell him that he got last. <laughs> oh man, no, it was a it was a really good weekend uh, for football. So we'll run you guys through the uh, the scores this weekend. We don't have Dom, so we don't have any um, college like deep college analysis for you, which kind of stinks because we'll have to talk to him about the Clemson Notre Dame game. Yeah. We'll have to really talk to him and pick his brain about that Clemson Notre Dame game because that was, did you get a chance to watch Mm -hmm. that game? That was, do you want to talk about it for a second? Yeah. You start real quick. I'll bring it. I'll pull up. I feel like, yeah, I was like, I feel like that's the only game that I really paid attention to this weekend. So I, that's the only one that I can uh, really, Give first, any knowledge first, what on do you, what do you think about the um, the Notre Dame fans storming the field during COVID? Oh, you know, the, so the very first <coughs> excuse me, the very first thing that I said when that happened was so recap for those of you who didn't see the game, the game went into double overtime and Notre Dame won forty seven to forty, giving Clemson their first regular season loss I think in three years is what it was. Um, and then all of the Notre Dame fans just stormed the field like it was like a national Which was a huge game. win. Like any other year, that would have made complete another sense. Oh, for sure. Um, and my first initial thought, and I'm sitting there next to my dad, and I'm going, guarantee you there are going to be no fans allowed next week. <laughs> like that was, that was my first thought. Like you cannot have that happen um, during – well, I guess during 2020, <laughs> like that's just not allowed. And the fact that everybody stormed to the field, my first thought was there, there's, like I said, there's not, no way they're going to allow it um, into the, into the stadium next week. Right. And that was like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there has to be some sort of, and you, you can't punish the players. I it's not up to their the players didn't do anything wrong it's no yeah it's not up to them but uh i don't think you can argue that the players should be allowed to play this upcoming weekend because they were exposed to random people that we don't like that is so many uncontrolled variables that they were just exposed to that we that the acc has to make sure that no one on notre dame was exposed to anyone with COVID. Oh, and yeah. how many people gonna... were there? Like, that was damn near probably half capacity. Yeah, there was a staggering amount of people at that game. Or at least a staggering amount of people in the lower bowl of that COVID game. can't touch God. There was... God. That's all I know, based off of watching that game. Right. <laughs> 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 um... But yeah, I, I feel like there's I feel like there has to be some sort of punishment that's going to be enacted towards Notre Dame. But at the same time, I it's not the players' fault. I it's not the coaches' fault either. Like they can't control the students running onto the field. The only thing that they the only thing that the school can control is there being no fans. I was I was um, saying I was talking to Brendan about this after we watched it, and he was saying, "Well, what are you going to do? You can't stop like." What is one security guard going to do against, like, 15 students rushing the field, right? I, my, yeah. my thing was, if as soon as overtime starts, you have the securities and the ushers going down the rows telling people, do not rush the field. 
do not rush the field after this game. And you just you tell them early, and if they do it, then they get punished. Mm-hmm. And maybe they were doing that. I, do, I don't know. It but... didn't look like they were attempting to stop them going on the field. When they were when the cameras were on, it didn't look like there was anyone like stopping them. Well, I think at that point they knew that there was nothing they could do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love yeah. this quote from uh, LeBron. So it's okay for fans to storm the field, but not okay at the same time to have fans? I'm confused. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But the uh, game itself. Talk, talk about the game itself. Yeah, the game itself was a blast. I I had so much fun watching that game. Um, over time, and you know, so the first thing, and I guess because obviously the game went into overtime. I love college football's overtime rules and i don't know do you, like do you do you like the put it at like the 30 or 40 yard line and have them try to go score? yeah i like it i like it too and i like and i think the reason why i like it so much is because the other is not necessarily the format of like the team getting the ball um wherever they get it that's not the point the fact that the other team gets a chance to answer is what i like about college football overtime because in the NFL for those of you that don't know if the team that gets the ball first in overtime goes down and scores a touchdown the game's over if they kick a field goal then the other team gets a chance to go down and and win the game but the fact that both teams get an equal opportunity to try to win the game is what to me makes that overtime uh unique and I I really enjoy the college football um Overtime, and I wish the NFL would find a way to do something like that because it makes overtime so interesting to me. In my and opinion, and it's not so dependent on the team that gets the the that gets to receive the first kick automatically wins. Yeah. Like we've seen so many times in uh, championship games, like AFC championship games, NFC championship games, that um, the team that receives it first automatically just goes down the field and scores and we don't even get to see an answer from uh say what was it three two years ago when um when the patriots played kansas city in the championship game the patriots received Mm -hmm. and they went right down the field and scored and we don't get to see uh patrick mahomes and exciting chiefs offense rebuttal in that point Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um and honestly, because I can't dive into a lot of the players because I don't watch uh, a ton of college football, but just from just from what uh, I could watch, Clemson's quarterback. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, DJ. Yeah. Ungalili or whatever. Uh yeah, I I don't so for anybody who doesn't know the spelling of his last name, it's U I A G A L E L E I. So Ungalele. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, he's a five star recruit and he's I believe a true freshman. So assuming that Trevor Lawrence is leaving this year, Clemson's gonna be just fine at quarterback because he's a five star recruit. And the dude 
is about as big as Derrick Henry, and he's playing quarterback. <laughs> um, he's got an absolute cannon, and he was playing really well. He was 29 for 44, 439 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions as a true freshman. So think about where he's going to be next year and then the year after that. Clemson's going to be poised to be to make title runs each year with DJ playing quarterback because he was impressive to watch. Yeah. Um, a little hmm. um, I think the moment I it felt it felt like the moment got to him a little bit in this big game. Mm-hmm. Um, when the tide was totally shifting towards Notre Dame. Um and it's it's actually it's really nice to see Notre Dame get this big win because in recent years they've always been in contention and they just fall short right before the playoffs are made. And it's it's huge for this program to get that huge win. Um and there's still a lot up in the air because they won in overtime and Trevor Lawrence didn't play that the next time these teams are supposed to meet in the ACC championship game, that there's just going to be so it's going to be a completely new game. Right. And completely new storylines heading in. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, an article talking about the, it's the Notre Dame AD who's addressed, who addressed the fan surge um, in the Clemson uh, post game. Um and I'm trying to find a good quote from – I'll try to come back to that uh, later uh, later in the show. If I can find a good quote um, from the AD talking about the the surge, maybe I can give a little uh, little update on that. As far as the college football power rankings – Do they um, go to number one? No. So according to ESPN, Alabama is number yeah. one now. Uh, Notre Dame is number two. Ooh. Ohio State is three. And Clemson is four. No quarrels with that. I mean, I would have thought it still, to me, looks like Ohio State's better than Notre Dame, but you got to reward a win over a number one team. Yeah, and I think if Notre, if Trevor Lawrence was playing that game, Notre Dame's number one. You right think? Now. I think so. I think they're. I think the. I I gotta believe that there's some some apprehension to put Notre Dame at number one just because Clemson was playing with their backup quarterback. I think the weight of that win is still extremely significant, but I think in the committee's eyes, it would have been a heftier win if Lawrence was there. And it's it's weird because Dom was talking about it the last probably three weeks that Notre Dame just looks – they just don't look like the fourth best team in America. He was hesitant to put them in there after weeks and weeks of disappointing results. And then this, this game just came out of nowhere. So you, yeah, they had a huge offensive surge. Yeah. They, what did they win a game? Um, two weeks ago, like 12, 12 to seven. Yeah. That that doesn't look like the, the number two or three team in the country. No, we just need more from Alabama week to week. Yeah, for sure. More consistency on that. Don't sense. worry, Don. We got you. We got the Alabama love unlock. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, in my opinion, I do think they would have been slated at number one if Lawrence was playing there. I I gotta believe that some people on the committee were like, "Well, yes, they beat Clemson, but 
Um, and I think that butt is what held them out of uh, first place. Uh, we got to talk to Dom about this probably um, next week, but this is not a great result for the Pac-12 or the Cincinnati's or the BYU's of the world. No. Because now a one-loss Notre Dame most with a win over Clemson will most likely get in over a 7-0 and Pac-12 champion. Well, he had put the Bearcats in there. Well, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about his, but like say at the end of the year Notre Dame loses to Clemson in the ACC oh, yeah. championship, they can still have maybe a better right to getting in over an undefeated BYU or Cincinnati or Oregon or somehow if USC gets their head out of their ass, they might make it in, you know? Right. Um, and then just give a little bit of love to Oregon, 1-0, 35-14 over Stanford. Yeah, just a nice controlled um, – I think that was – the offense, it's super run-heavy, super run-dependent. Uh, it was like that when Herbert was here, so that just goes to show the, the offensive uh, mentality, even though you have, like, one of the best quarterback talents in college football. It's still run-dependent. Uh, C.J. Verdell – Looks great. Um, uh, Tyler Shuck. Um, he looks – he's a big, strong kid. Um, I like his ability to run. It's definitely, I think, caught some people by surprise. He doesn't look like it because he's a big, um, big, strong dude. And then all of a sudden he's running uh, diagonal and then up the field and he's getting – He's just outrunning linebackers, and it's like, whoa, hey, this is this is coming out of nowhere. Um, I like that. I hope Oregon utilizes that more and more this season as they go up against tougher and tougher opponents. Um, they just had a better, more they just had more talent than Stanford did. That's what it looked like in that game. Um, and it'd be it's interesting to see what this Oregon team's ceiling is this year. Uh, Ty- what did you say his last name? Shuck or is it Show? It's uh, it's like Shuck. Hmm. Uh, he was he carried the ball eleven times, ran for eighty-five yards and one touchdown. He had a seven-point-seven average. So yeah, he did. And then he also threw for two hundred and twenty-seven yards and one touchdown. Yeah, the throws weren't. There wasn't a lot of um, down the field throws. It looked like they were really trying to protect him. Is he a true freshman? He's, I think, a red shirt. I think he was here last year. Well, then in that in that case, I mean, you're assuming he's going to be there for a little bit, so there's just going to be a progression that's going to take place uh, over this year, next year, and the year following probably. So you'd assume that whatever rough edges he has for uh, for his accuracy and uh, maybe deep ball accuracy that – He's a sophomore. It'll get ironed out. Ah, that it'll get ironed out going forward so it looked like it looked um, like they were calling plays for Tua like what Miami's doing oh gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> if that, if that tells well, you anything. well we'll get to that game in a little bit um and I guess that can be a good transition for uh for what happened this week in week nine of the NFL season so to give you guys a quick recap the Packers beat the 49ers 34-17. The Texans beat the Jaguars 27-25. The Giants 
beat Washington 23 to 20. The Ravens won over the Colts 24 to 10. Vikings beat the Lions 34 to 20. Titans narrowly beat the Bears 24 to 17. The Chiefs escape a huge upset against the Panthers 33 to 31. That was Christian McCaffrey's first game back. The Bills absolutely throttled the Seahawks. Russell Wilson turned the ball over, I think, 94 times. Um, That's accurate. And it was, I no, think no, so, I, yeah. I, 40... think, I think you're being a little too harsh. I think it was 93. Sorry, my bad. I must have forgotten. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Bills, 44-34 to 34 over the Seahawks. Don't let the score uh, trick you. It really wasn't that close. Falcons beat the Broncos 34 to 17. The Raiders <laughs> the Raiders barely beat the Chargers, but they beat the Chargers 31 to 26. The Dolphins in what I called the uh, the Twins shootout because it was Tua versus Kyler 34 to 31 Dolphins over the Cardinals. The Steelers beat the Cowboys even though it started off really in favor of the Cowboys. That was a weird start uh, to that started game. Started in favor of the Cowboys, continued to be in favor of the Cowboys. All the way until fourth quarter time, and then Pittsburgh, Pretty much. <laughs> I guess, decided to wake up. It was it looked yeah. awful. Yeah, twenty four to nineteen Steelers over the Cowboys. The Saints hand Tom Brady his worst point differential loss in his entire career, thirty eight to three Saints over the Bucks, and the Patriots win on a field goal over the Jets, thirty. To 27. So we got plenty of places to start. We can talk about the Niners if you want. Yeah, we can talk about them a little, just, just quick. I mean, I don't know if we can call them the Niners, you know. They don't look like the Niners. They're like the 29ers right now with how many people are are just off yeah, the field. So that's, the, that's the nickname I heard this the week. The stars of the game for the 49ers, um, their star quarterback, Nick Mullins, leads them. Yeah. Into Levi Stadium against the vaunted Green Bay Packers, who they've just dominated over the years, and they're. I think I think we gotta we gotta put Richie James Jr. in the conversation for best wide receiver in the league, right? After that game, seemingly <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick Mullins' only target. <laughs> Nine receptions, one hundred and eighty-four yards, one touchdown. At least he's healthy. That's good. That's a good weapon. <laughs> At least he's healthy. That tells you what kind of season it is for the uh, 49ers. They've seen Debo Samuels, their number one. Brandon Ayuk, their number two receiver. And Kendrick Bourne, their number three receiver. Heading in this game, along with Raheem Muster, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, their three top running backs. Um, and just, I you know, they're starting quarterback, starting tight end. And Green Bay just uh, just dominated the whole time. Couple, couple late touchdowns for the Niners to make it somewhat respectable, I guess, and that's the game. So Aaron Rodgers right now, I think, has firmly planted himself in the MVP conversation by far, especially with Russell Wilson having the just awful game that he had this weekend. Aaron Rodgers threw the first, uh, what are we, nine weeks in now? First nine weeks of the season has thrown for 2,253 yards, 24 touchdowns, and two interceptions. And those two interceptions came uh, during one game against the Buccaneers. So in eight games, he hasn't thrown a pick. Aaron Rodgers is on just like an absolute ripping tear right now, and he may have vaulted himself into the as the front runner for MVP 
um, thanks to Russell Wilson just having a, a just a terrible game this week. Not really like a terrible like. I mean, it wasn't the worst game ever, but he for just, his he standards, so off for his standards, yeah. this is a terrible game. Yeah. So yeah, the Packers are and. It's tough because the Packers, they're li- the Packers have two liabilities right now. One, they can't stop yep. the run. We saw that last week against Minnesota. And they do not have much firepower on offense. They got Scantling back. Wow, that's that's bold. Um No, they, they don't. I mean they don't have a ton of weapons on uh on offense. Like I said, they got Scantling back, so they got Aaron Jones. Two back. Res- they got Aaron Jones back, yes. So, Scantling caught two touchdowns, only had two receptions. Devontae Adams is always going to be uh, a reliable target. They do have Aaron Jones back. But when you look at the teams in the NFC, you look at, let's just say, the Saints. You look at the Bucks, Even the Cardinals with, I mean, yeah, even the Cardinals with Hopkins and now Kirk coming out. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with Seattle. The Buccaneers have... Name anybody, I guess. Um, the Packers just don't have a ton of firepower right now. The thing that is keeping them in this, the the reason why, the only reason why they're six and two, is firmly because of Aaron Rodgers, um, obviously. And it's going to be interesting to see what they what happens come playoff time if they get into a shootout. If Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to carry. Um, a not a very, I don't want to say prolific, but they don't have a lot of names on offense right now for the Packers. And if their defense holds they up. They don't, but they do. They put up a lot of points, dude. They're one they of the most explosive offenses, I think, in the league. Just because of how good Aaron Rodgers is, is at making no-name receivers uh, stars in this league. Yeah, they have they have had it like but here's the thing. They've the two best running teams that they've come up against, they've lost to. So they lost to the Buccaneers 10 to 38. Mm-hmm. And then they lost to the Vikings yep. 28 to 22. Um now the Saints are a good running team as well. They beat the Saints and they also beat the Vikings earlier in the year mm-hmm. as well. But it's going to be interesting to see what what happens to the Packers come playoff times if they come up against a very run-heavy team? I think team. if they can somehow avoid Tampa Bay, they have a good shot at making the Super Bowl. I agree. I think if they run into Tampa Bay, they're going to have a lot of problems. I would say Seattle gives them – I mean, obviously, yes, Seattle gives them a lot of problems. But I don't think they're the matchup nightmare that Green Bay is looking at in uh, Tampa Bay because they're not like a power I runner. agree. And we don't even know if Chris Carson's going to be healthy or Carlos Hyde's going to be healthy for the playoffs. They might be running with DJ right. Dallas. And, in, yeah. and if that's the case, then that's totally in the favor of Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to them come playoff time. Um I mean, there weren't a ton of, like, the most interesting games actually happened more so in uh, the latter part of the day, um, other than, like... Ravens-Colts? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it ended, It was interesting in the beginning, but then it, once the third quarter, once the second half came Well, it's around, interesting just you know, for, the, for the playoff picture and the picture in the AFC. I think this was a really big game for the Ravens to 
respond to the criticisms after the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, they needed to I mean, bounce Lamar back. Lamar was getting blown up this last week before this game. Oh, he, he hasn't won against a above 500 team in uh, in like a year. And then they just go out and dominate the Colts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was 10 to 7 at halftime, but then the Ravens scored 17 unanswered points and it ended up being 24 to 10. Um, the Colts have a great defense. Yeah. They really do have a phenomenal great defense. run defense. Um, it's tough to it's tough to judge their their secondary because the Ravens don't challenge teams' secondaries really. They just take whatever a defense gives them in the passing game. But their run defense mm-hmm. against one of the best running teams in the league was outstanding. Yeah, if their offense really starts to click coming forward. Because they haven't put up a ton of points. They've gotten 20, 28, 36. So there's a 36. But then they have 19, 23. They have one other 31. And then they played – I think the Lions game is a bit of an outlier because the Lions did not have a great defense. Um, but they put up 41 and then 10. So they've had, like, a couple really good offensive games and then a couple, like, really down offensive games. And their really down offensive games has come up against teams, obviously, with – very good defenses, but you would hope that an offense, if you are going to be a prolific offense, can get through um, or can outplay a prolific defense. And what I'm saying is it's going to be interesting to see, again, like we were talking about with the Packers and the Buccaneers, if the Colts get matched up against a team in the playoffs, assuming that they win that division, um, but although they have the Titans to contend with. Um, so let's say that they – get into a wild card. If they come up against a team with a very good defense, I have almost absolutely no faith <laughs> in the Colts. Do you, do you have that game pulled up? Uh, the Ravens and the Colts, yeah. Can you look at Phillip Rivers' stats? Phillip Rivers was 25 for 43, Jeez. 227 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He, I could have swore he started the game with like – 10 completions. Well, he ended with a lot less. Because <laughs> in the first, the first half, he looked like by far the better quarterback. Like, he's just mm-hmm. hitting crossing routes. He's hitting these no-name wide receivers. And he's just moving up and down the field. And it was really looking like Baltimore was on the verge of getting blown out in this game. And Baltimore does not do well from behind. So the fact mm-hmm. that they were only down 10 to 7 and then they immediately responded in the second half I think is a good sign for for Baltimore fans um the Colts they live and die with which Philip Rivers they're going to get I mean we in you yeah. talk about that Detroit game that's by far his best game of the season and that's when they have easily the most offensive success I mean that's it's pretty on the nose of what's wrong with this team it's just their inabilities because of quarterback. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And they have they have a Super Bowl-type defense. Like, their defense is great. It's just going to be what can Phillip Rivers do for them. And I, there was a weird – not a weird, but there was an interesting uh, idea sort of 
brought up earlier this week that I heard on ESPN, and I wanted to ask you about it because I think there's some validity behind it. There were some rumors early on uh, this season. Well, actually not early on, but I would say maybe two, three weeks ago, so I guess a little early on, that the Falcons were thinking about moving on from Matt Ryan. And the question was, are like what teams are Matt Ryan away from winning a Super Bowl? Colts, Chicago, and I feel like the Colts might be one of them. Um, maybe the Niners in that conversation. But I feel like a good place for Matt to go would be the Colts. Well, we said the same thing about Philip Rivers, and Matt's a little. I don't know if you're. If you're the Colts, if you want to do, if you want to take a chance on another getting aging quarterback, you know. Yeah, but I, I think, but here's the thing: we said that the Colts were a good place for Philip Rivers, but I think, I think the Colts would be a good place for a lot of quarterbacks. It's just is is Philip Rivers was Philip Rivers the best choice um, for your offense. Like you could slate and that didn't make a ton of sense, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think any quarterback could go play in Indianapolis because the Colts have a very good defense. They have a good offensive line, but it's what quarterback is going to be the most successful there. And Phillip rivers, you knew what type of quarterback he was coming into coming when he got when he got got brought over to Indianapolis, you knew that he was kind of a gunslinging type yeah. quarterback, and he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. Yeah. So, um, but he's also got the potential to get you, you know, four hundred fifty yards and six I got, touchdowns. I got a better, I got a better fit for you than that, Ryan. Little bit mm-hmm. of the same as Philip Rivers, but a lot younger. Say the Eagles, they go and they finish seven, eight, and one. And they squeak into the playoffs, but get destroyed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we've already heard a little bit of bubblings that maybe that franchise isn't super happy with their quarterback in Carson Wentz. If I'm the Eagles, I might inquire about Carson Wentz and reunite him with Frank Wright, who's he, who he had his most success with. In mm-hmm. that 2016? Was it in 2016? Super Bowl? I think so. 2016 or 2017, yeah. Um, that's what I would do. He's a young quarterback. He can be your future. Um, he's not – I mean, talk about polar opposites between Philadelphia and Indianapolis. He's got weapons. His O-line goes from one of the worst when injured, and they're mostly injured and they're aging, to one of the best – youngest O-lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a great defense. So even if yeah. he makes a mistake, it's not magnified by the other team capitalizing on it. What about what if what if the Colts were able to work out something with the Jets? What if because if the you Jets about Joe are, Flacco? It, yeah, that would be a great one. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Joe Flacco. <laughs> But, like, say the Jets do go 0-16. Yeah. Say they do go 0-16. Yeah. So, at that point, the Jets are going to have two options. One, they can sell their first pick for a 
king's ransom because somebody's going to want Trevor Lawrence. Or they can trade off Sam Darnold Mm -hmm. and go get Trevor Lawrence. So if you are the Colts, then there could be an interesting situation where you go talk to the Jets. And if you do like Sam Darnold, because I (laughs) – I don't think Sam Darnold is a horrible oh, quarterback. No. I think he, I think he has a horrible he's, team. He's and shown he just flashes of oh yeah in this league. And then there's also the points where he's getting, he's on the turf every play. And it's like, well, and yeah. he's throwing. Who is he throwing to? He's got Frank Gore in the backfield. I love Frank Gore, but that was what we took in. Eight years ago, since he was in the Super Bowl with the Niners, eight years ago for a running back. Yeah. So, I mean, there could be an interesting situation if you are the Colts and you said, okay, well, this Phillip Rivers experiment didn't really work. Well, let's try to go get a young quarterback in Sam Darnold. And, like, we think we can develop mm-hmm. him. You go, try to, you go try to get Sam Darnold and go see if he can actually be – a really good I think that's a last or, ditch. If, if so, if their priorities, I think we would agree it's probably going Matt Ryan. I, probably, then, yeah. Here's one. What if they try to trade for Jimmy G? Yeah, because there was talk about Jimmy G. Not uh, well. I heard somebody. I heard somebody say also this week that Jimmy G. Back to the. It Patriots. would be cool. I think that would be one of the best spots for him to end up if he were to leave San Francisco because I think Bill and Josh McDaniels would take care of him and put him in the best spot to succeed, yes. no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Colts, I mean, he wouldn't—he would be clean. The only the only knock I have against Jimmy G, and it's just become clear this year, when he's pressured he turns into one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. You give him a clean pocket and he's not getting touched all night, he can pick your defense apart. That's the only thing. And what does Indianapolis give you? It gives you great protection. It gives you a very clean pocket. But if we're going, if Matt Ryan doesn't work out and say the Niners aren't selling Jimmy G, I think Sam Darnold's one of the riskiest picks because we really don't know what he is still. And he's... No, you don't. This is third year in the league? I believe so. And that's so. really weird to have someone in the third year almost look like he's regressed as a quarterback. But it is also the Jets. So... You have to take it with yeah. a grain of salt. Um, I like your Carson Wentz idea because he's... He's going to be interesting. And they they, they because drafted Jalen Hurts. Jalen so Hurts, exactly. So I was just about to say that. They're to move off him. They've obviously planned on a future without Carson Wentz in it. That future just might be a little earlier than they thought. Well, you well maybe, because they did pay Carson Wentz. That was um, two years ago they paid him? I understand that was two years ago. Um but you draft Jalen – I don't know. I think they drafted Jalen Hurts with the idea that Wentz gets hurt quite a bit. Not necessarily that they were planning on immediately moving yeah. on from him. But 
if and there have been rumblings about him uh being eventually on the trade market at the end of the season he's going to be really interesting to see where he goes um because the Colts like we've been talking about for the past seven minutes the Colts are going to be in a an interesting situation with Philip Rivers um, in the sense that if if he continues to play as poorly as he is and the Colts mind you are still five and three yep. they are still with, five and three and firmly with the in NFL's the playoff weakest line. schedule so far yeah <laughs> they're still five and three so they are squarely in the playoff hunt, but say they get to the playoffs and Philip Rivers just shits his pants. And they had a successful season despite their quarterback. You absolutely got to believe that they're going to be looking for somebody. So the idea of Carson Wentz to Indianapolis is really interesting. The The dynamic between maybe the Jets wanting to – to get rid of that first pick if they believe in Sam I don't Arnold, think you do. but I don't know I don't if they do. do. I don't think that they, I don't, yeah, I don't think they do either. Um, so I think they're definitely going to want to keep that first pick. Um, but I guess you never know. Um, but I would put an amount of money that mattered to me on the prospect that the Jets are going to take Trevor Lawrence, which means Sam Darnold is going to be up in the air, which means there's going to be a young quarterback who nobody really knows anything about up on the market. And if you're a team in desperate need for a quarterback, that could be intriguing if, to you. If the Niners uh, were to replace Jimmy G with Sam Darnold, I'd be a little intrigued. Because the kid's shown talent in this league, and it just seems like he's got the wrong whispers in his ear. Well, yeah, and you go to you go to Kyle Shanahan, who's going... You know, like he, if Sam Darnold went to San Francisco, he's not going to an offense that is going to be 80% reliant on him. That offense is run through the run game and through the offensive line. So he's going to be put in a lot of very friendly situations uh, coming to San Francisco, say he goes there. Yeah, I think. What do you What do you think the teams are that are going to be in the market? Philly, like Philly, potentially Chicago, the Patriots, and Patriots. maybe San Francisco. Yeah, and, and I was um, just about to say Minnesota <laughs> might be. Yeah, yeah, the where the the shakeup for quarterbacks next season uh, has the potential to be to be very interesting. Um. Because I feel like, well, even Denver. Yeah. I feel like they're a couple more pieces away. I do think they're a couple more pieces uh, away, but you still need a quarterback. They might like Drew Locke. Drew Locke might play well. They're three and five, which is um, surprising. I thought they were... They're play. I thought they played more like mm-hmm. a one in seven team than a three and five team, but they've played the Chargers, so obviously they got a free win there. So um, they, so this season they lost to the Titans by two. They barely lost to the Steelers by five. Um, they beat the pa- <laughs> they beat that's the Patriots, the Steelers aren't good. and then they 
They also beat the Jets, and they just beat, they the, beat the Chargers, too. Um, so they've been playing teams tough. They have been playing teams tough. Um, so, yeah, the, the quarterback shakeup this season is going to be interesting. Maybe nothing happens, but there's a potential for a lot to happen. So that'll be fun to watch in the offseason. Um, yep. I'm just uh, – do you want to talk about the Seahawks-Bills game real quick before I get to the Raider game? Yeah. Um, this was – I don't know about you, but this was pretty surprising for me because we've we've talked about the last couple weeks that the Bills have looked awful and are just like sleepwalking mm-hmm. to get wins. And then all of a sudden this comes out, and this looked like the Bills of the first three Yeah, weeks. the Bills – where they just they looked like unstoppable. Yeah, they came out with a purpose um, in this game. Josh Allen was damn near perfect. He was 31 for 38, 415 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. His progression from last year to this year has been amazing to watch. He is a great quarterback. <laughs> no, I think he I think, I think a he's a great position. quarterback. And maybe, well, no, I'm not going to say anything other than that. I think he's a great quarterback. He's got the Bills at 7-2 and two right now. They just beat a very good Seattle team. Granted, that Seattle team um, is decimated on defense. But they've beaten some good teams this year. Okay, They've beaten the Dolphins, which we I think we're now see, saying are going to be uh, not going to be a, a sleep. They're not as I've got a thousand things I want to say. They're not a rollover team. Like, you're not – no, absolutely not. It's not cakewalk. So they beat the Dolphins. They beat the Rams. They beat the Raiders. Um, now they got their – the freaking breaks beat off and then by the Titans. Um, they beat the Patriots, which are now not uh, – I think we're starting to realize it's not that impressive. But they also just manhandled the Seahawks as well. They've beaten some really good teams. They did barely beat they the barely Jets, beat but the we Jets. all know that the Jets are um, a powerhouse team. They lost to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Chiefs. So this, I think this is just an, I, this team does not look like the team that struggled against the Jets and barely beat a Patriots team that was that could not score points. So I don't take a lot from this game. Um, I don't even think I put them. Oh, I did actually. I did not have them in my top five, right but now. I would probably put them at like six or seven. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. close. Them and Seattle were close for me. Um, and then do you take anything away from Seattle on this? Um, I think this just confirmed what a lot of people had problems with Seattle. Um, their O-line can't protect Wilson. He was getting – he didn't he get hit more than any other quarterback So he, this year? he got sacked five I think times. That was I don't fact. know how many times he got hit. That strip sack was – that looked – Yeah, he got, he got clobbered on, on one side. of them. Um. And we were talking about this last week in terms of, like, what the difference is in games. So, 
they were pretty much dead even on total yards, 420 to 419 in favor of the Bills. Passing yards, they were only 24 yards apart. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks actually rushed for more. They had more uh, yards per play. Um, But again, we were talking about this last week, the turnover differential. Seattle lost two fumbles and Wilson threw two interceptions. The Bills had zero turnovers. Again, this is more than yeah. a handful of times, and it's not rocket science. I, we're not saying anything that's um, like new or hard to to come to a conclusion about. If you turn, if you lose the turnover battle, you're gonna lose the game nine times out of ten, especially when you lose it by four. Yeah, that's just too many opportunities to give to a. I don't even want to say, I guess, good Bills offense against that Seattle defense looked awful. It's going to be the thing that that holds them back this season. Which is so weird because they, I guess that just shows more about the Niners' inability to capitalize, but they looked so good against San Francisco the week before on defense that this week just looks yeah. completely and it's, different. Like I said, it's going to be the thing that holds them back because their offense is putting up points. 30. It almost yeah. came back. They almost came back yeah. in this game. Off of, you can say Russell was They only the have game, had one game this season where they haven't scored in the 30s. And then that one game, they scored 27 against the Vikings and still won that game. But otherwise, it's been 38, 35, 38, 31, mentioned 27, 34, 37, 34. They're putting up points. Their defense is holding them back. And Jamal yeah. Adams was back for this game. So, if they get into the – well, not if. When they get into the playoffs, um, they better hope that they don't come up against a prolific offense because they're going to get put into a shootout and – I, I mean, I guess at that point, it's just going to be which <laughs> – well, actually, I should say they better hope they don't come up against um, a really good defense as well because if that offense gets stalled for whatever reason, like it did this week, they're going to have no chance. Yeah. At least they caught a big break by Miami taking care of business. Yeah, they did. That was Arizona. a very good game as well. I would say a little so. shocking result. I totally expected the Cardinals to win that game. Tua came out and he was twenty for twenty-eight, two hundred forty-eight yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He also ran for thirty-five yards. He played really well. Uh, stats I think tell a little bit of a lie. They run the this. They ran the same uh, bootleg to the left off of a fake handoff going to the right. So Tua would fake the handoff to the right and then roll out left mm-hmm. with his because he's left-handed. They did that play, it seemed like 50% of the time. At least 75% I think you have to at the beginning ball. part of his inaugural season. Just to, just because you have to – I think you got to warm him up a little bit. you got to get it – got to dip his toe in the water a little bit. Um before you start really opening up the playbook. Yeah. 
It's just it's so it's weird that they're winning and being so. They're kind of at least what. In that sense, they're kind of doing what Cleveland is doing with Baker Mayfield a little bit, but in an opposite way. I think the reason why Cleveland is doing it is because they know that their quarterback has some deficiencies, so they're trying to hide him. And I think Miami, conversely, is hiding their quarterback a little bit because he's only played two games now. So they're kind of giving him some baby steps and bringing him along just to see what they have and what he's going to be for them. Yeah. it's I don't know how long this formula can last because they're getting a lot from their defense scoring and really setting a, a tone, which – I guess we should expect because they went out and paid mm-hmm. so much money for this defense in the offseason. They got two new corners, like new linebackers, new players on the defensive line, um, and they're playing like it. That defense is playing yeah, and out of his mind. Kyler Murray, speaking of playing out of his mind, 21 for 26, 283 yards, three touchdowns, had 11 carries for 106 yards and one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray is – I know that people had some questions about him coming out of uh, college, not because, not for, not talent questions, but just if he was the, I don't know, he's just really small. He's just really small, and he (laughs) runs a lot. And typically, that isn't the best, usually, formula. Exactly. Because it just takes one solid hit. Yeah, and that's so the thing. He's really good, down. it seems, at avoiding the big hits. And you know what he does too. Um, and I don't know how many how many games you've watched of Arizona. When you watch him slide, he knows exactly when to slide, ninety nine percent of the time. And not only that, but he's really good at it. Obviously, he was a former baseball player. He's like Wilson in that sense. Wilson doesn't take big hits. Yeah, he's Wilson 2.0 with a little less accuracy on the and like five miles an hour faster. <laughs> it seems like. Um, if... Yeah, I think he's probably a little faster. He throws him and Wilson throw the prettiest deep balls. No, I'd say Rogers might be. Uh... Dude, I don't know, man. That one to it was Christian Kurt, wasn't it? That ball was on a. You couldn't even put. You couldn't even hand it. Run over and hand it to us. <laughs> yeah, Kyler Murray, uh, whatever questions people had about him coming out, uh, I think he's answered beautifully. Um, I think there's still limitations yeah. in his game. I think he can clean up. If, if a team were to contain him in the pocket and not give up the deep throw, I'd love to see how good he is at just moving the ball down the field right. and picking a team apart. It's it's really weird that the, they have three losses. Not one of them is against Seattle. But they've lost to, to Detroit mm-hmm. and now Miami. That says something a little bit about this team. And he wasn't turning no, to DeAndre Hopkins. Which favored a lot for me on in that game, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Holy I know. Cow, they all went to Christian Kirk. Um, 
it it was a, it was a very uh, fun game, and I I would love to see a rematch between these two teams because their quarterbacks are very similar uh, in the way that they play. Um, that was really good to see Tua. Use oh God, he squirted system. away from one. Uh, that, that'll be the from. Uh, there's one play in particular where he just like he looked like he just had like turbo because he went from moving sideways to instantly moving forward um, extremely quickly and avoided like three Cardinals players. He was looked like he was dead in the water and then just burst right through. And I was like, Oh my God. If, if Miami becomes more and more confident with him and allows him maybe to run a little bit more, because they got to be scared of that injury yeah. of him re-injuring the hip and yeah. his career might be over. So it's totally understandable that they might not want that, but that that'll be. A I think what they want is for him to be like Kyler. I think that's a fair thing to say. So, um, I'm going to talk about the Raiders game real quick because you know they won. Um, Yeah, you you got it, man. Five and three sounds so much better than four and four, (laughs) Um, and. I've said it a hundred times on this show that if the Raiders are going to be a good team, they have to go out and they have to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And they were supposed to beat the chargers. They're a better team than the chargers. Um, and they did. And that was, that was so nice to see. Um, again, this team is going to be their offense week to week, not going to be the problem. I think I think we've gotten to the point where we can say that they have a they have a good offensive team. And they're not that's not true. Well, dude, I don't know if you, I don't know if you watched the game. I did watch. I watched the every single play. What was their first possession? Run, 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 run. Yeah, and then they got a twenty-three yard rushing touchdown. But that's not – we're not talking about – and they brought up – I so I sit here and I listen to you gawk over the Raiders' offense. They pull out their stats. They're like 21st, 22nd in rushing and passing, and then like 20, 22 overall on offense. That's not screaming explosive to okay. me. Okay, well – the thing the thing that I'm saying, and you, you were talking about being explosive, and I'm talking about they have the one thing that – Derek has been criticized uh, over in the past couple of years is not throwing the ball downfield. And they now have people that they can do that with. If you watch, if you watch in that game, the, the touchdown that he threw to Nelson Aguilar was an absolute dime down the field. It was a 40 or 50 yard pass. Um, it was a laser. Uh, like you were talking about with uh, Kyler, like you couldn't put, that ball uh, for Nelson in a better spot. And then also he had another one where he rolled out to his right and threw the ball about 40 or 50 yards down the field on the run and just like landed it right in Renfro's, um, just right in the basket. Like again, right in between the numbers. They try to push the ball downfield with rugs when they can. And Jacobs and Booker give you, a very good one-two punch out of the backfield with Josh obviously being the guy who gets the most carries. I understand 
what you're saying. And they've had, they have had their lulls on offense. Like I'll, I'll give you that. They, um, they didn't put up. Well, last last week definitely. No, it did not, and we we have to take that game with a grain of salt because of the weather. Um, their their worst offensive game was by far the Buccaneers game, but that's because they played arguably the best defense in the league. But otherwise, they're you know they've put up 34, 34, 40, 31. Um, their offense can score. I. What about the Bills what, game what was Bills game? 23. And the reason why they lost that game is because, well, what I'm saying England? that the reason I told you that they, I literally said before I mentioned uh, their scores that they've had their offensive wolf. I'll give you that. Well, so, but the first thing you said was we can say that. I said that Bolton they have a good offense. offense. You said explosive. And the offense is. No, you, dude. No, no I, I said just, no. they have a good offense. You said I don't think they're that explosive, and I think that's two different things. Well, do you think they're an explosive? Offense? Uh, I think they can be an explosive offense. I don't think consistently they're an explosive offense, but I also don't think that they're built to be a super explosive offense. They're built. They're built. Okay, that's on what I was saying. The run game. And that's why I didn't say that they were an explosive offense. I said they were a good offense. I think they're a well-rounded offense. They want to run, 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 and then take their shots when they're there. And that's been working for them. I'm never concerned about their offense. And the whole point that I'm trying to make is is that this team has got to sure up their defense, has got to sure up their defense if they want to make any sort of noise – in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. They're in a, they're keep putting themselves in a very good spot um, to make the playoffs right now. They're competing. I'm a, I'm assuming that the Ravens are going to get at least one of the wild card spots. Um, so that would mean that they're competing with the Colts and the dolphins who are both five and three right now. So they have to out, they both have to um, outpace those teams. Uh, in order to make it into the playoffs. Um, Like I said, I think they have a well-rounded offense. I think they have uh, a very, very below-average defense um, who seems to make a few plays here and there, but consistently um, their defense is never going to win them games. Um, Now, the last play of the game uh, was – for anybody who saw it, it was a fade to the pretty much the right corner of the end zone. Looked like it was uh, a catch, and uh, our cornerback Johnson. Uh, that was a better defensive play than anything else. He had his hands right. He had his hands in between. I don't. It was their third string tight end. I don't know his name. Um, but uh, yeah. he had his arms. He had his arm right in between both of the uh, tight ends' arms, and was just smacking at the ball the entire time on the way down. And uh, it wasn't until the fourth replay that it became apparent that that ball was knocked out. And it was just it was a great defensive play by him. Um, but their defense is is one of the worst in the leagues, and um, their offense can only carry them so far. Like they are going to have to figure out. Uh, their defense in order to continue to win games. Their next game is against the Broncos. Um, that one's home. I 
definitely believe that they should win that game. And then they have the Chiefs. But then they have two games against the Falcons and the Jets where it's like, you know, you're playing against two teams right there. Uh, you're playing against one team in the Falcons who have a pretty good offense. Um, and then the Jets who, I mean, if you lose to the Jets, then whatever. But <laughs> um, So, like, I think the Raiders are – I had been hesitant to say that they're a good team. I do think they're a good team. Um, I'm not going to call them a great team until their defense starts to uh, starts to play better. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if I can go. I can go. Um, they're good to great any weekend, but then they can yeah. also be mediocre. Yeah. I think that's the toughest. They're they are Cleveland. They're Cleveland, huh? And why do you say that? Because mm-hmm. we, you can, Cleveland could go out when OBJ was healthy. Could go out and drop fifty on the Dallas Cowboys, and then the next week lose to Pittsburgh. And it was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. That's the same thing with the Raiders. There's no rhyme or reason to what's happening. They could go out and beat Kansas City and then lose to, I don't know, like a Chicago. Well, lose to New England. <laughs> yeah, it's there's, – there's little to rhyme or reason when they play well and when they don't play well. Yeah. Um, again, they're going to need a – they're going to need to, like I said, beat the teams that they are supposed to beat. And I feel like they're supposed to beat the Broncos next week. Over the over the they next three, three weeks, I think so. I think that they should go three and one over the next uh, four weeks. Um, so we'll see if that uh, we'll see if that happens. We're gonna have to move on here soon to make our picks. Um, Saints absolutely yep. destroyed the Bucks. Just there's that. Just letting you guys yep. know, Tom Brady was twenty two for thirty eight, two hundred nine yards, three interceptions. And by the way, Antonio Brown played in that game as well. Had three receptions, thirty one yards. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but nobody did a lot for the Buccaneers offense in that game. So I wouldn't really take anything. Um, probably just a blip in the road for the Buccaneers, maybe. Um, or I don't know. This is it would. They're and the, and against the, Saints I, the reason why I say probably is because the Saints defense was supposed to be the strength of this team this year, and they have very much underperformed. So. Maybe this was a coming out game for the New Orleans defense. Maybe it's a lot better than we uh, than they have shown. And this was just the game that they were like, "Oh, by the way, you know, we're a good defense too." Um, if the Saints, if their defense does wake up and start to play how they played against the Buccaneers, then watch out for the Saints. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I think this is a big a big wake up. We've we've talked about this. What are they? They've won mm-hmm. four in a row. The Saints have. Um, they've really silenced all the criticism. All of the Drew Brees is done criticism. Um, they're healthy. Yep. Michael Thomas was back for this game. Um, I think they just played with a different edge, both on offense and defense. They wanted yeah. to kill the Buccaneers in this game, and I don't think the Buccaneers. We're quite ready for that level of play. That's that's I think a simple way that we could put it that explains yeah. the, the lopsided scoreline. Um, all right, 
Let's move on to the picks. I am five and well, okay. Wait, wait, really quick, really quick. Who looks better after weeks? This is week nine. What are we, week eight? Week nine, Baltimore or Pittsburgh. After what we just saw, the, the stink job that Pittsburgh did. On Who looked better? Or... Who's, who's looked better? Well, I mean, if you're going to just extrapolate one game. No, not after one game. After eight, are eight no. I, um, they look like I understand that they look bad. Bro. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> looks washed AF. I'm, I'm doing a really good job of censoring myself right now because I want to say that the Pittsburgh <laughs> – that I'm right. And I want my, <laughs> you want your I damn want respect. Dude, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, okay, sure. But the Ravens – you the Ravens had equally <laughs> that same sort of game. They barely beat the Eagles, and the Eagles are terrible. Oh, no. Dude, it was thirty no to twenty-eight. <laughs> they were up most of that game, and then Philadelphia came back and well. If you're a good team, to make it close, Dallas was. If you're a good team, Pittsburgh this game. No, 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 bending over. No, no, no. I don't want to hear it. the NFL, and they were on their what? Garrett Gilbert quarterback. Are we joking? That defense, Dallas's defense, is the worst defense in the NFL. It's made every team look good. It made Cleveland look world beaters. It made Seattle look outstanding. And Pittsburgh only generated twenty-four. They didn't even have a touchdown, I think, until the second half. So stop <laughs> with this. Okay, that's, that's fine. Showing. But the Ravens have had a, an equally bad showing as well when they barely beat when? the Eagles. Listen, to make that listen, game listen it doesn't – it is the That's same, same thing. thing. And the reason why it's the same thing is because you're oh – look, the Ravens the, – if you're a good team, if you're as good as the Ravens are supposed to be, then you do not give up 22 points in the fourth quarter to a Philadelphia team who at that point was 1-4 in – no, one, three, and one, and had a bunch of injuries. You, hey, that one win was okay. pretty impressive. You do not have, you do not give up twenty-two <laughs> unanswered points. That was, I, that was bad. That was bad on the Ravens. That's a bad, a bad quarter. We're talking about three quarters of a game that they were okay. Thoroughly but at outplayed. the end of the day, like. I get it. I get what you're saying. But teams are going to have – what I'm trying to say is teams are going to have lapses. Look at, look at the Chiefs. The mm. Chiefs are 8-1, and one, and they lost to the Raiders, a team that they shouldn't have lost to. And then you – they were in a game. They also almost lost to the Chargers in overtime. And then they almost just lost to the Panthers – Teams are going to have lulls. They're going to have lulls. I get what you're saying. It was a bad game for Pittsburgh, but they still won. I think it just it showed a lot of holes in this Pittsburgh team. That defense it had a didn't bad look game. Nearly as good. They had a bad game. 
They did. Against yes. a bad team. That doesn't add up. Okay. Well, I get what you're saying, but it was it was a bad game. And you can't I don't think I think it's unfair to call them Well, well, you know what? They get they get rewarded with the Bengals next week. So I guess we can forget <laughs> I'm about just saying and then they get I'm, the Jaguars. I'm just saying, I don't think that you can absolutely punish a team like you seem to be over one game. I am treating that game as a loss. Okay, that well, they won, so you're wrong. Right <laughs> <laughs> okay. Darn. And another thing, letting 22 unanswered points against... Carson Wentz is a little different than losing to okay. Garrett. They Gilbert didn't lose to Garrett and Gilbert. the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> bro. If if I were to watch the game and the scoreboard was okay, up, stop taking away the aspect of the scoreboard. They still won. <laughs> it's eye test, bro. It's eye test. That's the only thing you could take away from a team that was supposed to win by two touchdowns and barely win. That's the only thing you could take away. Everyone thought they were going to win that game, and they but they still barely win. won. <laughs> barely. Let's what? just move on to your damn picks. By the way, Patriots won against the Jets after Joe Flacco turned back. The Joe, I've said it for a long time. Joe Flacco back. throws the prettiest deep ball. Like he just does. <laughs> and he yeah, too bad he like the uh, that deep ball that he had to Crowder. I think in the end zone, I think it was Crowder's either Crowder or Perryman. With a little toe tap was just, oh my god! It was the prettiest catch of the weekend. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, I'm up five to four. That's bullshit. It's a, that's the only reason because I had to pick I the picked Niners. The, that's I the picked only the reason why you won that week. Like it's, well, oh, you, don't that that with, you, you don't have to ride with you. Don't have to ride your team. <laughs> Guess who I'm picking against the Saints? Forty Niners. Look at that. Damn, oh man! All right, Colts Titans. Game. I got the Titans at home. All right, I'll go the same. Just because I hope Bryson doesn't <laughs> light me up with the Colts. Uh, Texans Browns. I'm gonna go. I'll say Browns, Browns too, but if we have to flip, I may flip on that one. Uh, Washington and the Lions. We got the Lions. Ooh, great game. No Ooh, Matthew Stafford, right? That's a good point. Because he was in concussion. He did not. That. Did he come back for that? It game? says Matthew Stafford cleared concussion protocol on track to play versus Washington as of three hours ago. Yep. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, Buccaneers and the great. Panthers. Panthers are at home. I think the Bucks bounce uh, back Bucks. as well. Uh, Eagles, Giants. Yep. Packers over Eagles. the Jaguars. <sighs> Bills yeah. and Cardinals. Damn, that's a good game. I yeah, I Bills. agree, but I think that'll be fun. Give me the Dolphins over the Chargers. Oh, God, I really want the Chargers to win that game, though. Um, but give me the Dolphins. I feel like I've taken the Chargers too many times this year just because of the Justin Herbert love. And I really don't want to lose another week because I'm 
too loyal mm-hmm. to a two and six Chargers team. But they could. <laughs> that's, another, go. that's another interesting game. That is a very interesting game. I got the Raiders over the Broncos. Yeah, we can. Uh, so the Rams and the Seahawks. That's another good game this weekend. You better hope yeah, that the Raiders beat the Broncos. <laughs> if they lose, I'm coming in and lighting your shit. <laughs> well, dude, perfect scenario is Raiders win and. Chargers win, which is a weird thing to say because they're in the same division, but the Raiders yeah. are competing with the Dolphins for that wild card, so they need the Dolphins to lose. Are the Chargers the best four seed? Four seed? They're yeah, in the division. Oh, the I best guess bottom they are. team in the division. They're at the bottom, huh? Because Denver won. Um, yeah, yeah, Denver should uh, be yeah, there. Yeah, I'd say they're so. Not. They're better than the Jaguars. They're better than the... I mean, if the, if the Niners were healthy. Yeah. But um, they're not. Mm, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Carolina's beating Chargers. Um, all right, okay. so where were we? Uh, Seahawks-Rams. I'm going to go Rams. They, they play do. Seattle really tough. At home. Um, I think Seattle bounces back. And part of me, part of the reason why I'm doing this is because we haven't picked differently on any game yet. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go Steelers <laughs> over the Bengals. Give me the Saints over the 49ers. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I'll write the 49ers down. <laughs> All right. Um Ravens over the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> uh, Vikings Bears. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Don't disappoint me, Vikings. Um, I'll do I'll do the Vikings as well, and then I'll go back and I'll take the Texans over the Browns. I think the Texans over. We're different on three. So what are we? Now. We're different on three. I have Seattle. So what is it over the Rams? I have the Saints over the 49ers, yeah. and I have the Texans over the Browns. And you have the opposite. All right, I'm going to do a little bit of blasphemy. I'm going to take the Saints because this isn't okay. the Niners that I root for, and I will take the Colts. Okay. For my boy Bryson. <laughs> and I will lose this week. <laughs> you watch. Will win. You watch. Um, and then quick, let's do some Come power rankings. Oh, yeah. I'm very curious to see okay. who you have. Okay. A top. You want to go bottom top or top bottom? All right. Number yeah, five. Yeah, uh, I'm throwing we the bottom, Saints maybe. in at number five. Who you got at five? Okay. Uh, I went with the. Uh, so I don't Seattle have Seattle in my top five, actually. Uh, it kind of is, but their defense is so bad. Um, and number four, uh, you probably are going to give me some heat for this, but I got the Ravens at four. It's a okay, little you got different than where I put them. Okay. I put New Orleans at four. And I think they're a, oh, uh, yeah, they're a trendy enough 
more. Absolutely. I wouldn't – before this yeah. week, I think I would have put Seattle above the Saints in a power ranking. Um, but, yeah, now now for sure. Uh, number three, I have Green Bay. I do not have mm. Green Bay in my top five. Hmm. Pittsburgh. Number three, I have gotcha. Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, that shit team. The only reason they're there is because they're eight and zero. That's literally if they lost to Dallas, they might not be in my top five. Um, I have Legit. the Steelers at two. And the Steelers at two. And then I have the Chiefs have at one. Two. Until I know that the yeah. Raiders lost. I mean, I know that the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. Um, but it was just a blip. Every team has a lap. Every team, Every team has a bad game. game. <laughs> um, even. Yeah, really, really are. Um, but uh, again, Patrick Mahomes, the weapons that they have down there, it's just it's hard to pick against the Chiefs ever. Your mom's gonna come up to you one day and is like, "Oh, why don't you talk to uh, Sam anymore? Don't you guys do the podcast?" And you're just gonna be like, "No, the uh, the Baltimore versus Pittsburgh conversation really." <laughs> Throw a fork in our relationship. Show, show's canceled. <laughs> just got a knife. Yeah. We just can't be Hell, friends anymore. Man. Like, I got an invitation to his wedding, and then he sent me a, a text later that said, I hope uh, you get divorced. You, not <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, one other thing that we should uh, mention. Is it is it a certain link? No, it was, thing? it was the NBA. Golf. What? We're not no, talking well, about not the yet. Um. Yeah, that's what I thought. What about what about the NBA? Yeah. So oh, Sam and I, and okay. I'm sure other people said it before, but I never saw it anywhere else. So I'm gonna just say it. we were the first ones to say it. Um. We had when we when the NBA season was uh, concluded. Sam and I both were in agreement on this show that there was no way that the NBA was not going to come back. Bef- I mean, after Christmas, they were. It would have made a hundred percent sense for their first week to be the week of Christmas because they own Christmas. And sure enough, opening day, December twenty third for the NBA. So Sam, well, twenty second or twenty. Are you I am that? not. I Are believe it was right the 23rd. Well, let's get our facts right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. But I, either way, 22nd. You're right. I'm sorry. December 22nd. December 22nd. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, yeah who's really right on this show more? Um, yeah. <sighs> Opening day, December 22nd. Christmas week. We called it. I, I don't have any other way to say it. Yeah, I think the NBA got it right here. Um, it's a quick offseason. It's a very quick turnaround from a, a tough bubble mm-hmm. postseason. Um, and that sentiment, I, I think, has been shared with LeBron. I think he was pretty unhappy by this this quick turnaround. Yeah. But the NBA had to do it. If they want to keep up revenue, if they want to recover from this last year where they lost out on a lot of money, um, well, yeah, and I believe it's a shortened season as well. Um, to fit, because they're going to try to end where they normally yeah, end. Yeah, um, I believe it's, 
It's 70, 72. 72. Yeah, 72 that's, that's like is no going difference. to be uh, the number of games being played. And we had talked about it a lot on the show when the first, when the bubble was about is what was going to be. The hard part necessarily was not, well, I shouldn't say the hard part, but the interesting part to me and to us was always going to be not this season because the bubble was a very quick solution. It was going to be the following season and, and to what that was going to look like schedule-wise because obviously this year – the NBA was played much later than it normally uh, is in the year. So how they were going to rebound from that, no pun intended, um, <laughs> was going to be uh, – <laughs> was always going to be a very interesting logistical challenge. Um, and it looks like they came to it very quickly, <laughs> which leads me to believe they had this figured out way beforehand. Oh, dude, they were – they were talking – probably the scenarios that were – that were talked about for the bubble included the plans for what was going to happen in this next season. I mean, that would be dumb for the NBA to make something that would then hinder their ability Mm -hmm. to have a next season. Yeah, for sure. No, they're not. The NBA is not dumb. They're not the MLB or anything, you know? Um, All right. What did you want to say about the matches? We got about five minutes left. Oh, who you think? Who you think the frontrunner is coming in? I mean, Brooks Kepka would probably be your frontrunner, but uh, he's just coming off of injury. He just played in the Houston Open, the Vivint Houston Open. Um, a nice little warm up, a nice little tune up, and we get major golf in November. Something we've, I mean, we've never seen the Masters this late, mm-hmm. so this will be Masters is always fun to watch, even if I don't know. Maybe if you're not a golf fan, it's not fun to watch. But if you are a golf fan or even a casual golf fan, this just becomes it's 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 just a fun, a really fun event uh, to watch. Um, I pulled up an article here on ESPN. It's the who can and cannot win the 2020 Masters. Damn, someone can. So tier not one, win the guys who Masters? can win: uh, DeChambeau, John right. Rahm. Yeah, U.S. Open champion, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, world number one this year. Justin Current Thomas, world number one. Rory. Yeah, he was Rory, Xander, and Open, Patrick. Patrick Reed, former Masters champion. Um, Rory does not. Have He's a, a four-time major he champion. Might. Yeah, but I don't think he's won. He's won the PGA uh, Open. I'm going to just read you the, the quick Open. rest of uh, the names. Uh, Webb Simpson, Tony Finau, Patrick uh, <laughs> Patrick Cant- yeah. Uh, yeah, Cantley. Yeah, he's got Cantley, an A in yeah. uh, between that. Colin uh, Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, Adam Scott, Brooks yeah. Kepka, And then they have another yep. tier um, that says... So... So the defending Yeah, so tier two is, is tier if one. everything goes right, is what the tier is called. Um, and that would yeah. be Tiger Woods, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Matsuyama, Tyrell Hatton, Justin Rose, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, uh, names like Paul Casey, uh, Gary Woodland. Is Phil in Phil there? is, yes, he's there at the very bottom. And then 
Tier yeah, three, hey, miracles happen. Number one on that list is Jordan Spieth. Dang. I mean, Jordan Spieth hasn't played super well in the last couple of years, but dang, that's kind of... Yeah, so that's, that's according to ESPN. They really ESPN are. Throwing shots. That's some tough, <laughs> that's some tough categories. I mean, you, that's... you could... To win a major, everything needs to go right. Um, here's so they're all of their tiers. Tier um, uh, six is amateurs. Tier five is past champions, <laughs> only on the list because they've won it once. <laughs> um, tier four is happy to make the wow. cut, <laughs> and tier three is hey miracles happen. <laughs> Wait, what's tier, tier one's what's tier titled one? um, the guys titled, who can win. Like, So Tiger Woods. It's is the guy if every he's tier two win. if everything goes right. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> might be proven right, but that's just it seems ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it starts on Tuesday, November twelfth. Hmm. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean. Play starts Thursday. Um, yes, today is Tuesday. It starts on twelfth Thursday. I'm sorry. Gosh, I'm spitting out terrible yeah, facts, mess- dude. This is a I lot just... of mess ups. Who do I think is going to win? win? Why did Google you say Tuesday, win? November twelfth? Yeah. Fuck Google. I'm sorry. <laughs> it said Tuesday, November twelfth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most of our mess ups are just. And that's <laughs> whatever. Oh. Uh, who, who, well, obviously, I want Kepka to win because he's my favorite golfer currently. Um, That'd be cool. Dustin, I think, deserves one. Uh, DJ, DJ deserves one. Um, I mean, and it's going to be every tournament is always more interesting if Tiger is on. Sunday. If Tiger is playing meaningful rounds on Sunday. So I yep. would love to have Tiger playing meaningful rounds on Sunday. Yep. So I'll give you three names. Uh, well, this is going to be... That's a lie. I'm going to give you four names. Uh, one is a pairing. Either Morikawa or Deshambo win. Because I think you get that. They would both mm-hmm. win two majors in one year. And I think that would be like, oh man, the start of a, a great run. I think that would be good. Uh, Tiger, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Um, I would love to see Tony Finau win. He hasn't won since 2016 on the PGA Tour, and he's he was tied for he was in the final mm-hmm. final group last year in a Masters, and he's always in contention in these big majors. Right. It'd be cool to see him win. Well, play starts on Thursday, so not Tuesday. Google. Uh, would you ever? Would you ever play? Augusta? I would. I've always said like, difficulties of golf courses are irrelevant when you're only mediocre at golf. <laughs> like if fair, you could play an easy course, and somebody be like, "Oh, dude, don't even worry about this. It'll be super easy." And for somebody <laughs> who doesn't play that often, you could still go shoot a ninety-five and be like, "That was the hardest course ever." Oh, I was. I was thinking, yeah. Oh, like, oh well, and then five. you could go play a super hard course, and for whatever reason, you know, it's just. And I honestly think the, like, the di- 
hard golf courses to me like are hard if you're really trying to play the distances of the course. Like if you just like for somebody like me who I'm not necessarily worried about my drive traveling 300 yards. Um, I, if I just, if you just hit it straight, then any course becomes easy if you just play well, obviously. So there's no like super hard or super easy golf courses. It is totally dependent on how you play. Cause you can make a very easy golf course look stupidly hard or make a very hard golf course look very easy if you just play well. So I don't know. Like for us playing Augusta, the thing that would make it challenging is just their freaking long holes. <laughs> like if you and I st- <laughs> walking walking those holes, <laughs> if you and I stepped off to a par five at six hundred and twenty three yards, we'd be like, "It's not happening." I'm sorry. You know what it is? It's not the par fives, dude. It's the two hundred thirty. That's a fair point. And I don't think Augusta, I don't even think Augusta has long par threes, but like going to, you're playing from the tips, like yeah. where the pros play from. And you got to hit, like I'd be hitting probably <laughs> my three wood. And most guys are hitting their five irons. And I'm like, okay, I guess this will, this will work. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea where this ball is going. <laughs> Stepping up 300 and, you know. 300 yard like well it's not even three, the 300 yard holes are fine but you're right about the par the par threes that are like in between like 200 and, and 250 you got you got water in the front it's like turn around be like no way I'm picking up <laughs> I'm taking six so where's the drop zone I'm just gonna put my ball in just the turn around zone, and be like and you don't expect me to to make that with like I just turn around and be like can I do a drive for the par three I don't know. The the drop zone is is a one ninety away. <laughs> then you're you're still short. Well, okay. yeah. Well, this is fun. Yeah, I'd be like, okay. Well, I'm I guess I'm gonna time. play my three iron from <laughs> one ninety. <laughs> so, have fun, guys. I'm gonna be back here fishing for my golf ball. <laughs> Do you think Augusta even has like lady tees and like amateur tees? You know. Do you think maybe. they have different Maybe when out? there's not a PGA Tour coming through. But, yeah, I don't know. Tough to they say. Got, How much is a round at Augusta? Why? Well, yeah, but still. Of course. Um, mm, oh, good Lord. Um, the Augusta National... Initiation fee, a one-time fee paid upon joining a golf club, is believed to be twenty to forty thousand dollars. Okay, holy shit! Yeah, the monthly dues paid by members are believed to be less than three hundred or less than four thousand dollars annually. Yeah. Well, those are two different. (laughs) But the initiation fee you have to pay before you start paying that annual fee. So that's. Holy cow! How do you how do you like bring that up in conversation? Like, hey, so look, like I'm just gonna have to. Hey, honey. Um, I know we have this amount saved for our kids' college, but I hear me out. Want to play (laughs) international? Um, yeah, because technically, to get on that course, 
you'd have to be a member. And I guess unless you like knew somebody who was a member, they were found a way to get you on. But I guess in that sense, if you have to be a member, then in order to play, you need to pay that initiation fee. I think the only reasonable I, thing is to join. The that's PTA the tour. only way. That's so the only reasonable to it. thing. I know. I know. I'm trying to. That's true. Talk to yeah. Ben. Maybe he'll get it. That's true. Or maybe maybe when Jake gets there, maybe he'll bring us along. We'd be like, look, dude, we had you on the show. I think we would be pretty low on the list. Probably. But, you know, be, we can try. On. We'd be like, hey, we gave you some early publicity. <laughs> they probably won't even let you, like, there's probably, like, a set of clubs that you're only allowed <laughs> to bring on to Augusta. Like you're not allowed to bring like are your handles like are your gold, handles dipped in like gold? That. Sorry, I'm sorry, sir. I estimate your total bag value as less than a thousand dollars. You're not you're not allowed. I'd <laughs> be like your clubs have to be made out of diamonds. <laughs> oh man, one day, one day. All right, well, that'll do it for us on episode 67 of Nothing to Say to Fans podcast. If you made it with us this long, um, get a life. I don't know. But thank you for listening, as always. <laughs> that was really dark. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We appreciate it. it. We appreciate all the support, and uh, we'll keep knocking these out for you guys because we still enjoy doing them. So have a fantastic week, and we will see you all next Tuesday. And don't worry, we'll try to get the um, the best part yeah, of the show. Yeah, the smartest part on. of the show, yeah. Um, we're really sorry. What are we even kidding? People aren't listening this long. They clicked That's off true. as soon as you said Dom wasn't on this. Does Jenny even listen to the show anymore? <laughs> I don't know. How about, ooh, ooh, maybe I should ask her a question. Um, Jenna, if you're listening, text me. Um, text me, I love you. With an emoji nice. of a pancake. Yeah, that's a good gesture. I'm not going to do that to Brie yeah, yeah, if yeah. she doesn't listen. Does, <laughs> no. does Brie listen? I don't think so. Yeah. What the hell? That's a lot of sports. It's a lot. Like, this is a hundred and... This is an hour, an hour and, and 90, 90 minutes. minutes that's wrong. But it is an hour and 37 minutes. What did I say? Dude, we've been talking for an hour and 90 minutes. How am I supposed to... Oh, my God. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you.